Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming back and joining us. And we want to just start off with this right here. Last week was um, actually our most listened to episode. Yes, yes, it was. And uh, we appreciate it. So that was a big episode for us. And we want to continue to do so much more. And we really do enjoy doing this. Um, obviously, because it's stuff that we do on in our free time, right? But we enjoy it more when we're able to engage with you all. And we're glad uh, if you listen to it. We're glad that you listen to it. So we're very yes. happy to have a fan base. Uh, we love you all. Thank you for keeping us going. Uh, yes. You feel- and if you're here from TikTok, thank you so much. So yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but Corey had a little controversial video oh that went a little viral. Um, why don't you tell them about what your controversial statement is? Yeah. So I made a TikTok uh, that was just supposed to be funny. And it was about how uh, the MCU Tony Stark is not Iron Man. Okay. Now this is a hill that I'm willing to die on or I'm willing to be proved wrong, but nobody has yet to prove me wrong when it comes to this. Now this sparked a bunch of conversation, which is great. uh, But also during the summer months, I think we need to do an entire episode over MCU. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah, and I'm so down for that. I mean, we both enjoy MCU so much. Um, so if you're here from TikTok, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Definitely. And we want to have you on, too. If you, you, We can go toe-to-toe with this, I'm telling you. Um, I have not had a good argument yet for the MCU Tony Stark, but um, TikTok has been great to us, so we appreciate that. And uh, another layer that I'm going to add, also because of TikTok engagement, is of course our title is Press Next Podcast, right, Katie? Yep. That's so it. also what we're gonna do when it comes to Press Next is music as well. So here's what I'm gonna try to do. Here's here's my angle with this. Uh on Fridays, when I have the time on Fridays, I'm gonna try to go live. And I don't know, maybe we'll call it Fresh Fridays. And so if you are an artist who is just trying to get your music out there, um, I'm just gonna go live and and tell y'all to submit music and we're gonna listen to music live. And I'll tell you how I feel about it. If I like it, I'm going to throw it on the on the Fresh Friday uh, playlist. And we'll keep that playlist going for however long it is. And we'll switch it up. Drop songs in. Drop songs out. Um, but yeah, so you can either play or press next on the music as well. So uh, just another element that we're trying to get uh, and give and engage with y'all. So if you love music and you want to suggest music or you want to listen to music with us, uh, we'll start doing that on Fridays as well. Now, I know that's nope. kind of news to you, but, you know, something I want to add. You looking over there like you looking at the dog. You looking at the dogs? Yeah. Sway <laughs> Sway Sway saw someone. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh yeah, our, our dogs are sometimes in the room with me, locked up, sometimes uh roaming around. So it just is what it is. But anywho, for y'all who have come to this episode, again, we'll tell you like we do at all times. You can pause it here. We're gonna talk about uh Bombshell, which is a movie. That is built as a group of women take on Fox News uh, head Roger Ailes as a toxic atmosphere. He presided over the network uh, at Fox News. So this is based on a true story. They did a great job of casting. But if you have not watched the film and you want to watch it before you listen to this episode, pause it now. Go watch it. 
it's on Hulu and also it's on, it's on Amazon Prime, I think. It's on two watchable platforms, so you don't have to buy it or nothing like that if you already have those things. And Or if you don't want to pause it, you can listen to this and then go watch it. Now, this episode, last episode, we kind of talked about uh, coercion. This episode, I think we're really going to focus more on hostile work environment and like sexual harassment. Because I would say that's probably the biggest gist of um, all of the 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 movie wouldn't you agree i would (laughs) i agree Uh, with that yeah so we're gonna talk about that uh but also the trope of quote unquote sleeping your way to the top yes Um, uh, there's so many layers yeah right there's like so many layers in this film and and we can talk about women working in a uh, predominantly owned or or you know in a male field or mm-hmm. as what you would say um the objectivity of women in the workplace or just sexuality in the workplace yeah. um and definitely hostile work environments and how we got to where we are today how we can move forward and be better as a society cuz i'm going to be honest with you i'll let you go first but like on a scale of 1 to 10 and this had a star-studded cast. Okay, so this yeah, is not a movie. Yeah, it was a good cast. I mean, it had yeah, Nicole this, Kidman in it. Yeah, and uh, Margot Robbie and a bunch of other people, okay? Um, so it's, it's very star-studded. I think it cost, the budget was like $32 million on a movie that um, pretty much took place in a, um, in like a newsroom, essentially. Mm-hmm. So if it cost $32 million to produce this movie... That you know it had a, a huge cast because that money right. went to the that that, that budget mm-hmm. went to the to the cast, uh, and so it grossed I think uh, cumulative cumulative okay goodness gracious goodness. Uh, about double that right so they made their money good they didn't make mm-hmm. their money great in America though uh, and I'm not gonna speculate as to why they did not but I can almost. Uh, I can almost know why they didn't make their money back right. in America. But I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, but if you want to go watch this film, I think you should. Uh, it really follows the storyline of Megyn Kelly, uh, if you're not familiar with that, or even know who who Megyn Kelly is. They do a good job of showing, setting you up in a way so that when they show how hostile the work environment is, you really understand it. Like... You're going to look at where you work a little different once you watch this mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And I I did really enjoy this film. I think it was great. I enjoy um, hearing people's stories, especially when their stories have been suppressed for so long and they've been silenced. And so I really enjoy that aspect of it. I just wish we would have gotten a little bit more. Right, right. More I story. Yeah, yeah. But I think... I think um, because I feel I feel like it was glamorized a little bit too much. I can agree with that. I think they were probably saying if they went too much in the story, they're probably not gonna get a lot of viewers. You know what I mean? Like that would be a very niche community to go watch that film. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that was the reason why they kind of glamorized it up. They're like, hey, this is Hollywood. We still got to make it, you know, a movie for people to go watch. Yeah, because it's not a documentary; it's a movie. Right. It's a it's a movie. So uh, of course. They some stuff is probably um, you know out of context or whatever, and obviously this is from from pretty much told from the the side of the women. Uh, so I'm sure. It, and speaking of, 
so cinematically, I would say it's probably a, like a 7 out of 10 for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was a great film, but I thought it was really good. Right. Uh, I could agree I, with that. Right. I'll probably never watch it again because I really felt disgusted like as a guy. You know? I think, honestly, I, th- I even made a statement to you when we were watching it. And I said, I think my face has been like this the whole time. Yeah. It was just crunched up. I just, it was just, just disgusting. Because... It's really disturbing to hear the things said to women and also who they're coming from. Right. And how you can't really do much unless like to get ahead you have to give a little head. You know, oh, yeah, like that, that was, was the, the slogan. Yeah. That was kind of like the slogan of Fox News. Um Which, oh and so the whole thing I was just like in the comments that were said, I'm just like, first of all, you're disgusting. Like, even if you aren't saying these comments, you're kind of just a disgusting man in general. Right. Um, and then these comments just make you even more disgusting. Because it wasn't just like the the comments were like very sexualized, right? It was like there were plenty of times where he was just like belittling women and... Mm-hmm talking about how like women can't be anchors they don't have like what men have and they don't have mm-hmm. this, they have any they don't have an emotional switch so they can't turn it off and stuff like that right so very degrading and unfounded and untrue as we all know right. so one of my favorite arguments ever is like when people say well um we don't want a woman for president because she's so emotional she can just start a war like this and then you're like but haven't all wars been started by men mm-hmm <laughs> so, but know, also just, you know, it's not, here. it's not one single person isn't going to yes lead us into war. Right. So that's I just mean, the, they are know, the commander in chief, but just stupid. But, um, yeah, it's just, a I I felt as if the mature version of me, um, you know, in the work environment, I'm like, man, I would never say this stuff at work. I would never say it at home mm-hmm. and then i start to think about like man i've i've complimented people before i've done this before did i make people feel a certain way mm-hmm. in me doing that and so i think the really big part of this movie and what you will see is that there's very clearly a disconnect between intent versus impact yeah does that make sense so explain w- that okay so we're talking about intent and impact I'll give you a personal story. Um, I Most people think that I'm a very flirty person, and I'm not going to disagree w- <laughs> with that. Okay? That's very much so a part of my personality and my identity. I tell him that all the time. As his right. wife, I'm like, you're so flirty. Yes, and I will accept not that. Now, in back a, in, and not in a jealous way. It's just who he is. Right. And we, now, we both accept that. Yes. It was hard for me to necessarily accept that for the most part because a lot of people that I grew up with and or ladies that i was trying to court or be in a relationship with they weren't going for that a court i know i found i feel like i'm like in the 1945s or anyway um they weren't necessarily ready for that because i enjoy making people feel good like that's just like a thing for me and so Mm -hmm. i'm very talkative and i can talk to a brick wall or a brand new person doesn't really matter and the way that i do that and make them feel at ease is by not flirting with you i don't even think flirt is like the the real word for it because flirt insinuates that there's something sexual underneath. 
right? Or some sort of relational aspect to it. And I don't necessarily think that that's what I'm doing at all. What I'm doing is trying to make you feel comfortable in whatever space that I'm in, uh, so, some sort of connecting factor. And so that's how I grew up was I knew how to connect with different people. And so sometimes that was complimenting people, you know, making people feel good about the shoes that they wear or the top that they have on or their makeup and saying, hey, you look very nice today. Mm -hmm. And I've quickly found out that when I moved into the professional world, that was a, 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 it wasn't a lesson I had to the learn. Same. Yeah. It was not accepted the same, right? I can say to somebody, oh, you look very nice today, that I'm supervising or something like that. And that can be misconstrued. And that's what I mean from the disconnect from intent versus impact. My intentions was not to harass you or to create this environment that was hostile. My intention was to compliment you on something that I saw uh, that was either pleasing or, you know, to make you feel better because maybe you're down or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but it impacted you different. But here's the thing. I don't get to be, I can be sorry for that and take responsibility for that. But as much as it is my intention that it was something else, it still impacted you that way. Right. That right. was a hard lesson for me to learn because then I had to scale back so much so that if you know me, I don't compliment people at work no more at all. You mm -hmm. will not get a compliment out of me. Like it's hard for me to even tell you, you did a good job on a project <laughs> unless I'm like directly supervising you or something like that. And that's actually very sad. It is, but I, I'm not trying to lose my job. Like, I don't want to get in trouble. Right. I'm not trying to catch no suits. And I really do not enjoy being like, create, being the person who created a bad environment. No, absolutely. I feel that. I do get that. And I think that there's a fine line. But it just, it's sad that you can't tell someone that they look nice or, you know, compliment someone's earrings or something like that without it being misconstrued as being hit on or right and i think that for the most part and this is just from my personal experience i think for the most part women can differentiate and tell uh what your intent is but it, that's not always the case unfortunately Facts. so like you said you would just not do it at all right and so when i like went back and like talked to people and they would tell me like hey no i didn't feel this way that's not what i got mm -hmm. from you but even if it's one person that felt as right. if i was that's what i was doing that like messes me up and it still messes me up to this day mm -hmm. so much though that it affects me to the fact that like i will not compliment people that's just mm -hmm. not gonna happen um and so i think that that movie like the this shows the clear disconnect between intent versus impact. Like there's one scene and we kind of talked about this earlier. There's one part of the movie where they are talking about, um, where Roger Ailes is talking about, let's show the, 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 the women's legs so that we can get more ratings and more news yeah. and everything else. Right. Okay. Let's get into that because they were saying leg cam, right? Yes. So leg there's cam. A, a leg cam. So, um, used to, I guess on this news network, they would, uh, have a wide frame, that way you got to see the woman's whole body and they would, they also made the comment of, um, this is what clear desks are for. Right. So when the women are sitting there, you can see their legs because legs attract viewers. Like leg sale, you know? Yeah. And obviously you have to have a certain body type for that. So, you know, discrimination, but, um, and we see that in the interviews. Right. That he has with these uh, with these people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, because he makes them do a little spin. It's a visual. What did he say? It's, it's a visual medium. Visual medium, yeah. So um, I actually pointed out, I was like, it's kind of funny to see how that hasn't really changed. Like, even if we're not seeing the legs, how, uh, even if there's not a specific leg cam, I guess, how often do you ever see a news anchor on any channel not wearing a dress? Well, there was, I think it was in, uh, on, uh, in, it was either in like Australia or somewhere in England where this guy who is, uh, you know, he, there's a, he, they're both co-anchors. There was a male and a female. Mm-hmm. And this guy wore the exact same suit for an entire calendar year. 365 days, he wore the same suit every day. Only thing he changed was the shirt. Mm-hmm. So, and then his colleague, obviously she changes dresses all the time. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the year, he did this like last sign off where he was talking about how, how about the discriminatory nature of it all, because out of the entire year, he never once got an email about his suit. And he mm-hmm. revealed to everybody, I wore the same suit every single day, mm-hmm. but that his colleague got so many different uh, emails about her appearance, which right. is ridiculous, right? Like, you, we wake up every single morning. We see Robin Mead, and we notice a couple things. Uh, shout out to you, Robin Mead. If you ever listen uh, to our show, we'd be we so love happy. Robin we love Mead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Robin Mead is an anchor on uh, HLN, and so we. I found out about Robin Mead because I used to watch uh, Forensic Files every night. So I'll fall asleep to Forensic Files, and I wake up and Robin be talking. Uh, but we love Robin because she's so spunky and funny. Like she just mm-hmm. hurt. Like you can literally tell she doesn't sacrifice herself to be on air. Right. She just her on air. Her and everybody on that's why I like HLN. It just feels like it's a it's us on the news. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like regular humans all, on the news. It's is what not it feels as like scripted HLN. as every other news network, I feel like. Right. And it's um, not as um even though they're like sister uh, network CNN, they don't I don't feel like they get too biased. Like talk pointers and biased. Yeah, they don't get yeah. too biased. Like there's sometimes I'd be like, all right, y'all doing the most. But mm-hmm. I don't feel like they get too biased. They're a little bit more down the middle. And it does just feel like I can eat dinner with all of them and be having a good time, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. Because you and I don't even um, really like CNN because we're like, okay, y'all are taking it way too far. Yeah. Like, like, like it, it's hard to find a happy medium because obviously Fox is super right. A way CNN, over there. CNN is super left. And on um, the on the scale, they're not even super left, right? They're just like left. Yeah, but they but that are. even gets on my nerves, right? They <laughs> like are like, because sometimes y'all. I'm like Van Jones, come on. Yeah, but you we're doing not gonna talk the about most. Van Jones, right? We're not gonna talk about Van. Um, but we're but we're Robin. but shout out to Caitlin Collins. That's yeah, my girl. Caitlin Collins. That's your girl. That's your girl. She's the White House press sec right now, right? Yeah, not press sec, but um, correspondence for the yeah. for HLN or CNN. <laughs> And we notice things about Robin, but they're not like, oh, her dress, right? Well, one, I noticed that she wears blue a lot. And blue, it may just but be like her favorite color. blue looks so good on her. It does. And we notice things about her hair, how she styles her hair mm-hmm. in, the, in the A block versus the second block or whatever. Uh, when she takes her glasses off, like, we just notice small things. But we never are talking about, like, her appearance as her being just a female, right? Right. Uh, we talk about other stuff. And even the weatherman, I can't remember his name, but especially during the Bob pandemic. Bob Van Dillen. <laughs> yeah, Bob Van Dillen, because he'd be in different spots during the pandemic, right? Like, we always talk about, like, the different spots he's in. And so, to me, it's just wild. Think about this real quick. The energy you have to have to to 
watch news, to watch the news, mm-hmm. to then email them to comment on somebody's appearance. Right. You are just like a, you that's don't sad. have any. Yeah, that, that is, is sad. very sad. Like that's just just a lot of negative energy. Mm-hmm. And I get that it's like a visual medium. I get it, and people are, want to see something, but the, nobody. What network have you turned on where you saw absolute garbage? I've never turned on a network and I saw absolute garbage. Right. Right. Like people look good. Like that's part of the reason why they got the job. It's part of why mm-hmm. some actors get hired is because mm-hmm. that that's why headshots. They look the part. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly why headshots exist. Um, but to be, but to comment on that as if that's something that is slowing down their performance or something is just, I don't know. It's sad. And you see a lot of that in this film where, People are uh, like Margot Robbie. I forget what a uh, a Robbie Robbie. I don't know how you say your last name. I'm sorry. I should learn how to say your last name, uh, Margot. She plays. Uh, she definitely listens to this. I know, but I'm just saying. She's gonna you hear never you. know. You never know. I'm sorry. I like to take pride in like in saying people's names right um, because that is your name and you own that. So right. I'm just gonna call you Margot right now because I don't want to butcher your last name. Anyways. But she plays. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Kayla. She plays Kayla. And she's good. She's good. She has everything that she needs to be an anchor or on a TV show or on a, a, doing the talk points and everything else. But of course, and she plays her cards right too. I mean, she literally is ambitious, right? She 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 plays her cards right so she can go meet Robert, who is the person who could put her in the position that she wants to be in. But then obviously that goes way too far because he's a freaking pervert and creates a hostile work environment. And even in just the room where they're in like the pen, you know what I mean? Like where they're in the pen with everybody in there, in their little cubicles, they're still doing like the utmost. It's way too many people and everybody in there is is just like, you have to do a certain thing. And here's when I saw... it's It was very chaotic in there. Yeah. And where I saw this the most, which is just disgusting. Do you remember... A part of the movie where who's the first person who 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 gave uh, allegation? Gretchen. Gretchen Carl. Gretchen, I think. Yeah, Gretchen put together her sleuth skills and uh, pretty much was about to nail Robert Ailes to the to the walls because mm-hmm. she got fired and and she had all this information, so she knew she was going to sue. She had to get her ducks in a row, and she did. And um, Megan Kelly didn't. I mean, took a little bit, but she followed suit. But when Gretchen went back, when they were doing an investigation, you know what blew my mind? What? The amount of women that were, who were telling her that were reporting that were supporting Robert, who were telling her like, not even on the fact of like, I believe Robert is a good man, because mm-hmm. I think that's different. Everybody's everybody's interaction well, with who you are i mean not to get political but we saw that a lot with this last uh president president yeah yeah i mean it's different when you know somebody right like if somebody came in and, and levied some something against you and i'm like that's not the caitlin that i know and she may have done what she what you said that she did but from the time being that like I know her. That's not what she has done. This is not the Katie that I know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to support Katie. Not saying that you're wrong, whoever is accusing you. But I'm also just going to support Katie because I know Katie as my wife. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
But the amount of people who were just saying it on the basis of we have to do something to get ahead and this is it. And now what you're doing is putting a damper on our movement because you are shining a light on something that should have never happened. Mm -hmm. That to me was mind blowing. Just as like a male looking in on this, I thought I would have never seen that happen. And I don't know, like, do you feel like that would be something that would happen in the female community? Because I feel like, I feel like it's real, like, girl power, we together, you know? So, like, I feel like and maybe I'm just in a certain sector of TikTok that allows me to just see, you know. I also think that that girl power, we're together is fake. A facade? Yeah. And that's a strong accusation. Um, I think that we're getting better yeah, about it. Yeah, I think that that women are getting better about supporting women, but I think that it has been so ingrained in us that we always think of other women as competition or like that's been the norm. And so I feel like there's a struggle with wanting to support women, but also judging everything that women do um, just because that's what we have grown to know or that's what we learned and we have to do a lot of unlearning. Mm, I feel you. And so... Yeah, I think that sometimes it's easy to get on social media and say that you're supporting women, but what are you saying behind their back, you know, or what are you thinking Mm. about them? So um, also, I think on social media, it's super easy to support someone that you don't know. It's super easy to um, sing praises to someone that you only know on the internet because you don't know them and And it looks like, yeah, and you exactly, they control their image and you see what they want you to see. So you think that there's nothing wrong with them, right? You don't see the bad aspects of them. You don't see that um, they talk too much or you don't see that they, what whatever, you know, that maybe other things bother you about with people that you know. Right. And so I think that in real life, and I don't want to say that social media isn't real life, but come on. In real life, I think that women supporting women looks very different um, as opposed to social media. And I'm not saying that we don't support women and I'm not saying that, um, I guess I shouldn't have said fake. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't have said fake. So let me reel that in, but I'm going to use that for clickbait. (laughs) It is very much so blown up on social media as opposed to in real life. Mm, now I feel that. And I feel like that's a lot of movements on social media. It's the same yeah. with everybody posting the black boxes, but ain't doing nothing. You know, Shannon Sharp said, just real quick, little caveat. Shannon Sharp said something, uh, I think, today or yesterday that really just stuck with me. And he was like, if you have black friends and you're not empathetic to the plight of black people, you don't have black friends. You just know mm-hmm. black people. You know And black that's people. how I felt about a lot of people posting that black box uh, and, and posting BLM and everything else. I'm like... I don't see it in none else of your other actions, but I feel the same way with all of these social media movements uh, and stuff like that. And so I have tried to, especially with marginalized groups and groups that I don't necessarily um, ascribe to, to be like, I'm trying to be active in them and really empathetic and understanding. So I really want to be a part of supporting women uh, as I've been doing my entire life. But I recognize that the way that I grew up in the misogynistic culture that I grew up, I've, I've had a war like path like for instance if i could this is what i battle with every day so vulnerable moment for people in on the on the podcast 
what I battle with every day is that I know in my mind the people who I intended to do something else with and it impacted them completely different. I know I have no control over that situation. It still makes me feel mm-hmm. like absolute crap. Right. Right. And so if I could, I would literally go and make the most heartfelt apology. And I know people might say, well, why don't you go do that? I'm not going to disturb their peace because if they have peace right now, I, that's me being traumatic by trying to go back and apologize and talk to them. I may be just be opening another room. And again, I intended to do one thing and impact them another way. So I would rate for that to be like something that they reached out and then I would do that. There's not a person that I don't want to like reach out to and be like, Hey, I'm not, I'm, I was wrong. I did not mm-hmm. intend for whatever to happen between us to happen. Um, and I, I know that it is what it is and I have to accept that. Right. Even if I'm going to continue to be the villain, I have to accept that. <clears throat> but I don't want to, I'm not going to reach out. And so I, I feel like I battle with that a lot, but I'm not perfect. And, and y'all aren't perfect and you're not perfect. And we're going to live lives and we can just be better essentially. Well, and just going off of that. Yeah. I feel like we all have that, you know, the intention versus impact. I feel like we all have had intentions of something um, being one way, like in a, in a relationship, where you think you're doing what's best for this person or you think you're doing what's best for the relationship, but really you're hurting that person. Right. And so, or you're offending that person. And that's not just with like um, romantic relationships. That's with all relationships. And so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Those, those things are hard. And I would accredit that to like me maturing, but also to you, um, I feel like the yeah, like you have made me see a lot of errors in my way, uh, based on the the how much I love you and how yeah. I treat you, and how the way that I treat you is so much different than the way that I've treated people before. So when I look back at that person, I'm like, wow, I really was an a hole. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah, people are probably so like, wow, how did how does Caitlyn put up with him? Right. And I mean, I think we saw that at the beginning of a relationship. Was there not people hitting you up, like trying to tell you about me? This is true. So, I mean, we saw that, right? And I'm glad you stuck it out. And because I was being truthful with you and everything else. So I've never like lied about who I am, what I've done or and nothing like that. Right. Um, but it's just, you grow and you have to be better. You have to choose to be better every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I try to do. And I hope from now on, and and what I've been working on is trying not to create a hostile work environment. But what does a hostile work environment mean to you? Like, how do you, because I think it's different for most people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think people, there's a way that like the law defines a hostile work environment. Mm-hmm. And then there's a way that like we define a hostile work environment. So in your head, when you think about something that's hostile in your work environment, what does it look like? Yeah, I'm I'm actually glad that you brought this up because in my mind I was thinking about what I wanted to jump to next. And really I am I was thinking about it um just this afternoon and I was like I have never been in a situation where I felt like I um I never felt like I was in a quid pro quo situation. Mm. You know, so I never felt like I needed to 
I never felt pressured to do anything that I was uncomfortable with to move up. Granted, I haven't been in many positions where I have moved up. I just go on to the next job, you know? Mm. Um, Because I'm still fairly, you know, I just, I graduated college in 2016, got my master's in 18, so I'm... You still doing the darn thing. Right, doing the (laughs) darn thing. I haven't been in the workforce for too terribly long, and I mean... I've been working for a long time, but, um, you know, as far as like moving up in rank and all of that, um, I'm still trying to get there. So, um, I've been fortunate to where I've never felt pressured to do anything I didn't want to do in order to move up. Um, nice. In I mean, a that's, sexual that's way. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, because I feel like quid pro quo can be a lot of different things. It doesn't have to necessarily yeah. just be sexual. Uh, right. And I don't think that just to like define it, a hostile environment. So that's what it means for you? Because I did ask you that question before I go into defining it. Yeah. Like, um, what do you see? What's, what's tangible for you? Like if you see so something in the office there's happen, a lot like, of oh, things. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that are hostile to me. Um, so if I feel like I can't go to my supervisor, if I can't talk to my supervisor, if I can't bring my concerns to my supervisor and be heard, um, if they won't talk to me about issues going on or things, that's the line for me. Like, mm. if we cannot be grown adults and and have a respectful conversation about what's happening and concerns that I have and you're not even willing to hear them, that's a done deal for me because then I realize that there's no respect between me and my superior, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to hear me because I'm not at your level right, or because right. whatever. So that's a line for me, um, just not being able to communicate. I think that, that that's that's pretty hostile. Um what else? I mean, obviously, if there were any kind of uh, harassment going on that is right. hostile, that's going to, I'm not going to deal with that. Um, I've never been in a harassing situation with a superior. So, um, yeah, I mean. Okay, okay, okay. That's that's off the top of the head. I wasn't right. I wasn't no, I ready for that because I yeah, can pull out um, my list of grievances. Definitely, yeah, for real, definitely. Uh, this was an episode that we felt as if uh, full disclosure. We felt as if uh, we always do notes before we prep before and everything else. We felt as if like in this episode, for it to be most uh, unique and um, authentic, genuine and authentic, was just like, hey, let's go in and have a conversation. No notes. Yeah. Flow off the top. We'll take it from bombshell and we'll continue to go. So mm-hmm. uh, any question that we're throwing out now is really like our unbridled thought. So right. hopefully we, we piece it together very tactfully and gracefully. But um, yeah, for me, I think even when I'm in an interview process and I'm asking certain questions, I will try to mm-hmm. style questions to see if I believe that there's some sort of hostility in there. And right. so from legally talking like, yes, hostility is going to be like... Um, it's, it's going to be all the stuff that you mentioned, sexual harassment or racial harassment, discrimination, mm-hmm. aggressiveness, uh, ridiculing, victim, uh, victimization, victimization, I'm sorry, um, threats of punishment, like all of that, right? Ooh. Yeah, go ahead. I just thought of something. Um, so I have been in a job before where I felt that I... Not even me, because I was at the very bottom of the totem pole. I was like, very just, hostile just from hearing, but go ahead. Just starting <laughs> off, um, 
so it wasn't even me. It was seeing the people above me and my supervisor not being taken as seriously as men in the same Mm. role or not being able. And I actually talked with her one time and I asked, you know, like, why are you not on their level or why are you not in this meeting with these people? That seems like something you would do as a manager. And she was like, I don't have a penis. Like, very bluntly. And I was like, yeah, okay. Just come on out with it, right? Right. Well, in in that that field, and I won't go too deep into it because I don't want to throw anything out there, but in that specific field of work, and it's um, not higher ed, but it is a very male-dominated field. And so I feel like you have to have twice the credentials as a woman to be taken seriously in that field. And I think even with the credentials, you aren't taken as seriously as the men. Right. I feel the same way. Um, definitely. And and from hearing stories that you tell, I was like, mm, that's definitely a hostile work environment. Yeah. And it's tough to like, when you're in one, to get out of it or even sometimes even recognize that you are in one. Right. Right. And I think the thing with hostile work environments is that usually it's not with the peers that you have. It's not with the people working in the same level as you. It comes from the top. Right. And kind of trickles down throughout the and entire. And kind of trickles down throughout or. Well, if you, I mean, if you think about it, they're the person who's responsible for the environment. Right? Uh, right. That's another lesson that I had to learn as well. Like if my team is doing some very um, off-putting behaviors and things of that nature, that's my responsibility. Yeah. Um, so it, it almost always kind of stems from the top. So even if it wasn't necessarily my involvement, it was my lack of involvement that allowed, allowed it to continue to go. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So I think that we can kind of get wrapped up in the hostility because it's not with the people that we work closely with every day, typically, or it's not with those at the same level of as us um, that are doing the same thing because they probably feel the same exact way that we do. Right. They probably have the same exact thoughts. They're just as frustrated. Um, so you're kind of like in the trenches together. Um, and so it takes a while for you to realize because since it is coming from the top, it's like, it becomes part of not only your, work but also your professional development right your personal development like all of those things yeah i feel that for me um for I, me yeah for me it's a lot of that and i tend to look at um more of the racial mm-hmm. discriminatory side of it and then also the power structure it, am i allowed to even if even if I'm you know a lesser I'm not the the head of the department but I'm somewhere in the middle you know mid mid level management or even lower is the lowest person able to have a voice to the highest person right if that is not able to happen to me that's a red flag I'm not saying that it's hostile but it's a red flag for me so when I'm in interviews I'm asking a lot of questions based on that I mean classic questions what What's something that you can improve on as an entire department? What's something, you know, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Let me see where your head's at. Or I give them a situation. Hey, this happened. What stance did your, what did, what stance did your department take? 
I think that's also a good question to ask because you know that not every department is, you know how they ask you, what's your weakness? And if you just give a positive answer, they think you're not self-aware, things like that. So that's a good question to ask because, because, you know, not every department is perfect. Not every job is perfect. And all departments and all careers and all businesses can improve upon things. So when you ask them, like, what's something you can improve upon as a department and they just give you some whack answer, you're like, okay, either you're not self-aware of your department or... You're lying. You're lying, or you just don't care to fix it, and so you don't think it's an issue. And so typically I'll phrase that question like... That's good. Oh, we out here giving advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll I'll phrase the question, hey, what is an area that you would like to see improved, and how could I help improve that? Right? So then they're like, all right, now I got to think about... Because then now you're giving me tips of if you hire me, you already told me what you would like for me to do to help you improve whatever area it Right, is. so you can come with it. You Boom. can just I'm already prepared in that first yeah. like 6 weeks or 6 months or whatever. I've done parts of the things that they asked me you to do in start, the interview. Right, you can, I can start, start getting the ball the rolling. Yeah. Um, but that's also just a thing for me. You give me no answer and it's all positive answers. If I ask you a question of where you can improve and everything's positive, you're lying. Right. There's no place on this earth where everything is positive besides maybe Disney World. I'm just joking. because uh, we all know that Disney's got its issues too. I just watched a side note. I just watched a YouTube video today about um, I don't know Room Thirty Three or Club Thirty Three at Disney. It's like a secret members only club. Not gonna go down that rabbit hole. Just wanted y'all to know. Look it up. I'm gonna watch it now. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah. So that's what I'm looking at. But I want to bring up this. I want to read this so I don't get it messed like mixed up because okay. I want you to know legally what is a hostile work environment. What are the legal requirements? Okay. So one is the action or behavior must discriminate a protected right, such as age, religion, disability, or race. Okay, that's number one. Mm-hmm. The behavior, this is a big one for me. This, the behavior must be repetitive and yeah. last over time. Short-term one-off instances should be reported to your HR committee. However, it is not considered a hostile work environment. The problem is hostile when it continues over time and is not addressed. That's probably the biggest part for me because if if something happens one time, HR and everybody else is not going to see it as a hostile work environment. What they're going to see it as is like, oh, this is a behavioral correction that we could make. Mm -hmm. Unless it is like very egregious. And then what they would do is by addressing it, they're either going to put you on some sort of performance development plan or they're going to terminate your employment so that they've fixed the issue. Well, I think that that's something that happened in this movie too is she, she showed a pattern. Yes. If I'm not mistaking. And yeah, they, she went to when, her lawyer and they were like, we need more. Right. And when she showed that pattern, he was like, she's been planning this. She knew what she was doing. She knew mm-hmm. she was going to get fired. And the bombshell is the the most player move she did at the end. And I don't even want to ruin it. But if you listen this far, uh, I'm sorry. Check this out. She got this man caught up in the in in the suit as he should have been, mm-hmm. and for weeks and times or whatever, while she's gaining other people because she's gonna need more people. Mm-hmm. And when she's gaining other people, all he's doing is flat out denying it all, just just very hard denying. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, she drops in. She got it on recording. <laughs> mm-hmm. She got tapes. I got the tapes, baby. Yeah, you can't lie. 
And she did that on purpose. She wanted to paint you up as being a denier because you're not going to tell the truth. Because now you don't have credibility and everybody knows you're a liar. Yeah, exactly. And you've been lying this whole time and I got proof. If I'd have came out from the beginning, you could have probably tried to suppress that. Yeah. And I think it was, what, 23 women that ended up coming forward? Yes. And I'll give you a stat here. This is just another disgusting stat. Um, out of all the 23 women, when they settled the lawsuit, the money amounted to $50 million. So between them all, they split $50 million. And when Bill O'Reilly and Rod- Robert Ailes, Roger Ailes, Robert Ailes, I, think I don't care Roger. to mess up his name, his name, but uh, let me make it right. Actually, don't do that, Corey. Don't do that. Um, Dang, his name is like on the list, but it's down. Roger Ailes. I'm sorry if I've been calling him Robert this whole time. Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly, both with their severance packages, them two alone, their money amounted to $65 million. Think about that real quick. The 20-plus women, the lawsuit settled for 50, or they end up getting 50 or whatever. And Roger and Bill, just them two, got $65 million. Mm-hmm. That's wild. And so if you don't think that there's some sort of uh, issue with, with pay in this country and uh, and and versus male and, fem- and female, you're just mistaken. All right, let me go to number three real quick. So number three for the legal requirements. So we just talked about it has to be la- repetitive and last over time. Number three mm-hmm. is the behavior must be severe. Not only should it continue over time, but it must seriously interrupt the employee's work and or career progress. That's number three. And then number four, it should be assumed that their employer is aware of the hostile action or behavior and did not intervene before the situation is legally hostile. As a result, the employer is liable. So the thing is, the amount of overwhelming evidence you have to have to prove that your environment is hostile is is ridiculous. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why I think that when it comes to like le- when you say that there's a hostile work environment, um, and you don't get the answers that you're looking for legally, that's why I think there's a difference between what you know legally what they think is hostile versus what we think is hostile, and we can right. kind of see that with the news anchor from KLCO who just resigned. Uh, she literally just resigned like yesterday. Um, Wait, what happened? What, I didn't know about that. Yeah, she is. Let me look up her name real quick. Because K-O-C-O, she's a black woman. Like Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a black woman who claims that there was... Uh, she was a subject to um, racism and a bunch of other things. And that she brought it to people's attention and it just never got fixed. And uh, she did a... I mean, it was huge news in Oklahoma. She did like a 17-minute YouTube video that I watched all of it today. And she read her resignation uh, letter on YouTube as well. And I think you can kind of see it here. In this situation, they did an investigation, claimed that it wasn't a hostile environment, but she had all the receipts. Uh, So I don't know how that one made it out. I have no idea, but Mm. it slipped through the cracks. So I think it's just so hard to prove that the environment at work is hostile, you know? Right. That's sad. Well, and... Going off of that, it is hard because a lot of times those that hostility is based on how you the impact of someone else, right? right. So if it's just not blatant, so if you're mean, not 
blank, 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 blank. Wait, why can I not say it now? Uh huh. Which old country? If it's not just blank, blank, blank. Oh my gosh, I can't say it now. What's happening? I just keep saying blank, blank. If it's not just obvious, like you are asking me for sexual favors or whatever, then I think that that it's hard to prove because you can say, you know, I was skipped over for this opportunity, um, even though I clearly deserved that opportunity or whatever. Um, that's kind of hard to prove because that can be dismantled in several different ways, you know? Right. And even though this in the movie too. Even though you know exactly why you were mm-hmm. not chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we see it in the movie in a couple of ways. One is the lawyers keep asking her, did he ever actually say this is what he wanted? She mm-hmm. was like, no, but he suggested it. And he was like, I need more than that. I need, yeah. even if he did suggest it, I'm going to need it in recording. I'm going to need other women to see, to show a pattern of behavior. I need mm-hmm. all of that. You, you can't just say, oh, this is what he meant, you know? Um, right. Because that could have not been what he meant. And he broke this down in the scene with Margot. Um, it was just like brilliant, brilliantly written. I think where the su- we all get the suggestion, right? Or like my boy says on uh on uh, it's always sunny because of the implication. So we all get the implication <laughs> of what is going on, but mm-hmm. he's using words so slick that he can kind of get around, right? Right? And oh no, what I want is loyalty. But I need you to. Right. How are you going to show that you're? How loyal are you going to gonna show that you're loyal? That can be anything. That can. I mean, need you to think of a way that you can prove to me that you're loyal. Right, and she could have been like, "Well, I know somebody finna snitch on you." Does that? You know what I'm saying? But right. But we get the implication. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry, if y'all have not. Uh, y'all need to go watch the episode on "It's Always Sunny." Uh, first off, shout out to "It's Always Sunny." We love that show. Uh, there's the episode where they buy a boat. I think I think it's called "The Gang Buys a Boat." Uh, and yeah, and and uh, Dennis is trying to go out on the seas and break all the rules, and he keeps saying because of the implication. But obviously, Mac is not understanding what he's saying. So if we say that a lot, that's from that episode. And but the movie is just like it just brings up so many, so many discussions to be had. So many, mm-hmm. so many things that you have to personally reflect on. And and mm-hmm. here's the thing that that really you, you know me. I'm not caping for all men, but I will say I would be remiss to say that this also does not happen to men. It more grossly happens to women. I will definitely attest to that. It happens Mm -hmm. way more to women and probably in a much grosser fashion. But men go through the same issues. Like, and I've had it happen to me, but for the most part, we're not conditioned to think about that. We haven't been too objectified in our history of this country. Men have been objectifying women. You, you know, does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you just really have to like, it just, it brought to light. We talked about the context of the guy um, saying that he liked the girl's dress. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. any other day, that's just maybe a compliment, you know, but when in context of where it was at in the film, you can tell it was really like, it was like a disgusting backhanded compliment. It, it was right. Like, and, but then you saw after, Roger was fired that the same was girl was wearing a pantsuit Some, and he was exactly. like, oh, pants? Right. And so then and you knew said, again. And then she was like, F you. Yeah, exactly. So you knew like it wasn't, it was never about the dress looking good. It was always mm-hmm. about how Her you legs. were sexualizing me. Right. You know what I mean? It was always about my legs. You didn't have to comment on it at all if you didn't want to. 
but it was always about that. And he was like walking out kind of saying like, oh, I've always kind of, and that's when, the, that's when the seat gets hot is if somebody at the top gets, if you're in a hostile work environment and somebody at the top gets fired, you can almost bet that you've probably perpetuated some of the same stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. So you know the seat is hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and sometimes you and just get caught up in it. But that's, exactly. Um, but all in all, I really do think like, watch the film. And then when you watch yeah. the film, think about your work environment. And if you have a job, uh, I think you should be, you know, grateful that you are having income, but that doesn't mean you have to be the bottom of the barrel and accept, accept just anything that happens. Right. You don't have to be talked down into a uh, down to, you have your credentials for a reason. You are smart. You, if you had degrees and you're using them degrees, don't let nobody, you put in the work in for that or anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have degrees. You put in the work to be where you're at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't let nobody rob you of that. Nobody, not even the director of your department, not even the mm-hmm. CEO of the company. No ma'am, no ham, no turkey. Nobody, nobody. Because a job is going to get you that money, but don't let them strip your dignity. All right. Do not keep that forever. Um, and I hope that that's just, I don't know, words of wisdom, stuff that I've been growing by. That I hope to, I hope to perpetuate that. Know your worth and teach people how to treat you. You got anything else to say about this film? I don't. I think that everybody should watch it. Um, and realize that this isn't just a movie. I mean, this is based mm-hmm. on true events. This happens um, every time we see sexual assault accusations come out and then there's 20 women. Um, I think we Watson. see this with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Um, how when it's one person, then it's 20 people. And then you get this narrative of why didn't they come out sooner or why are they just now talking or they're only saying it because someone else did. But sometimes that's all it takes is one person to speak up and or be believed. Follower, you know? That, yeah. You know, like and Megan Kelly, like Gretchen was first and then Megan was second. And then after that, everybody just, went, yeah, I mean, one follower. right. And it takes that one person like Gretchen Carlson to stand up and say like th- what happened was wrong. And a lot of people said that, Gretchen was bitter because she was fired. And while that also, two things can be true, she can be bitter, but also something traumatic happened to her and it was happening right. to several women. And, and you actually, you actually kind of see that Kayla kind of got mad at Megan Kelly because she didn't come, she didn't come forward earlier. And, Yes. All of the women that were assaulted after that could have been... What a powerful moment of that film. Oh my yeah. gosh. How did we almost skip that Yeah, part? That was so... I almost, like, almost teared up in that moment. Yeah. She was like, saying if to you, Megan... If you... Yeah, go ahead. She was saying to Megan, if you would have came out earlier, this would not have happened to the women behind you. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you left us all out to rot. Right. However... And Right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Now you got it. Finish your. However, do you think that people would have believed just Megan Kelly? Do you think that people? I mean, obviously they didn't believe just Gretchen, which is why they said that they needed more evidence, right. that they needed more people behind her. So I think that sometimes it does take all of these people getting together and sharing their experience. So circling back to what you said, showing a pattern. Right. I'm not saying, 
that I am because in a way she was um I think that she was I think that was shame it was shaming, but it was also very truthful. Right. Does that make sense? Because yeah. what she's saying isn't necessarily incorrect. Because what could have happened is that the the the, the behaviors could have stopped twenty years ago. Right. However, you people have to deal with their problems whenever they're ready to deal with their issues. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the other side of that coin, right? Uh, they all amount to the same, but they're on the same coin. So right. we see this, and this is kind of what I was talking about uh, with the lady earlier, KLCO. She, let me get her name, because I want to say her name on here if I haven't already. Portia. Um, is it Portia? I don't think Portia, Portia. Riley. Oh, it is Portia Riley. Okay, Portia Riley. Um, in her video, she states, she was like, listen, I am not the first, but I'm hoping to be the last, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to me, it reminded me, I thought in that situation when she said that, I was like, oh, okay. She saw a bombshell and she saw that conversation and that hit her as much as it hit me. I was like, wow, like, really? You had people, I was just, that was the most surprising part. I wasn't surprised at the men making the comments that they make. Because I'm mm-hmm. a man, I've been around many of those men, and I have at times been that person. Not as vulgar <laughs> as that stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, have I degraded women before? Yes. I was just really surprised at the amount of women supporting either Roger or attacking the other w- women mm-hmm. who are victims of this environment and him. Right. That was just like mind-blowing to me. Right. So going back to what I was saying about the Deshaun Watson thing, um, just wrapping all of this up, sometimes when you see people come out for the first time in, you know, 20 years or you see a big group of women and and it can almost, I mean, I think that we have become so, like it's everywhere and we see it so much that we are just like, oh, another one, you know, another one. Oh, they're blaming someone else. And we can kind of just see it as another one. This is someone's story finally being heard. This is someone's experience finally being heard. And people are coming out and backing that and showing that there's a pattern. And it's not um, just people blaming just to be blaming because they're rich or they're trying to bring down this person. I mean, we need to believe women. Yes. And also, and we do, and we do. And when I say this, or I should say we need to believe victims because it's not just women. Right, right, right. Um, And we also, so this is going to sound wild, but I want you to follow me here. Believe victims we also need to support respondents. Okay. So what I mean by that is this, I think the movement of believing women started because what we would do is immediately say, well, this is an accusation. So it's like, Oh, however I feel about Deshaun Watson, I'm immediately dismissing how the woman is making an accusation because I don't know the woman. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. I'm not sure if she's telling the truth or not, but why would she lie? That's number one. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether she's lying or not lying is not up to my... I'm not making a decision. I'm not a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing none of that. Mm-hmm. What I need to be able to do, if I'm somebody who's supporting them, is to be able to support them both. Because if she's telling me one thing and Deshaun is telling me something else, right? At some point, I would have to make a de- decision on like, 
okay, with the evidence that I have, I'm supporting this person more or whatever. But I also need to help Deshaun get to some sort of light of not necessary comfort, but resource to, to get him help that mm-hmm. he may or may not need. So if I'm a friend of Deshaun Watson, I'm saying, hey, bro, this is the allegations and stuff that I'm hearing is disgusting. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Uh, and if there are any kind of remotely true, I'm very disappointed in you. However, I'm here to also help you through this process to get you the help that you need. And I think that that's showing a little bit of like, I'm not going to dismiss what this woman is saying. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not about to dismiss that. Mm-hmm. Or all of these women are saying. I still can't help you. Because it is also possible, because this has happened before, and I know people are going to jump in here and be like, the percentages are so low. I get it. I'm not saying that. It's not. What I'm saying is, it's po- is it possible that um, one of them is not telling the, either the full truth or just flat out lying? That's still a possibility. I don't see that as being a possibility for all of them. Right. And I don't that think that 20 people coming forward. Is, that's think, what I'm saying. That's I don't what I'm think saying. they could wrangle up 20 people and say, okay, we're going to all have the same story. Right, right. But, I mean, you think about it. You could have one in there that might fabricate some details based on right. the rest. That's right. what I'm trying to say. And then if you get that, then you kind of ruin the credibility of all of them based on one case. Mm-hmm. which is what I don't like, which is why I don't like when, like, I really applaud when everybody's coming out, but if you wrap them all into one case, if one person becomes not credible, they spoil the bunch of everybody else. Does that right. make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm saying. And if Deshaun okay. or somebody is focusing on that one person that they know is not the credible one, then it's kind of a wrap. But I'm just saying what I don't want to do is throw people to the wayside because there are people who have been to prison and have done time and have their life has been ruined based on something that either didn't happen or wasn't fully there. Uh, and so they right. need help too. Not right. saying that they should not be punished and everything else. All I'm saying is that they also need help as well. Yeah, um, and I, as, I mean, and I get that from just me being uh, somebody who works in higher ed, especially specifically with like title nine stuff. Right. We right. have to be non-biased. I have to exactly. show the same amount of treatment that I have with a victim, uh, with the respondent. So that's where I get that from. I can't, yeah. I'm not showing any favoritism, but the, the victim story is just important as everybody else's story. So let's hear it all. Let's get everybody to help and the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, let's wrap it up. Don't want to take too all long. Right. Thank you all for staying this entire time. Yes, thank you know you. how we wrap it up here. Uh, we come to you this is in church this is time for the offering you know what i mean stop you passing that plate around don't you hear the change well we like that silent money so if you uh the one that just goes or the small noise money the one that goes and like a venmo or cash app so if you want to donate uh to us to help us out we are self-funded we do not have a patreon up or nothing yet so if you want to throw us a couple coins to help us out um again if you want to give us the whole joe biden stimmy you can do that if you got kids and you're about to get a $300 check till July, we can do that too. <laughs> uh, or if you just want to send us a dollar 50 cent, that's fine. If you just want to support us, uh, show us some love on our pages. Um, show us some love. Leave a demo. review. Yes, leave a review specifically on Apple uh, Podcasts. But you can really leave one anywhere. Leave one on the Audible as well. I like our Audible uh, platform. But And then hit us up on TikTok, okay? Um, press next pod on there or... Uh, Corey underscore Middleton that's probably I run a lot of stuff off of my personal page and just kind of throw mm-hmm. it over to my press next page 
Uh, so come find me on Tiki Taki. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter, Press Next Pod, Instagram, Press Next Podcast. And we we are trying to engage with you all. So click the link in our bio. Fill out them forms. Suggest movies. Engage with us. We love you. Send us an email, pressnextpodcast at gmail.com. We will answer yes. it live on air. On air. Air. That's what I'm going to start saying air from now. Oh on air. Gosh, She's going to hate me because I'm going to do it for like a whole week. All right. Uh, and of course, we sign off the same way. And of course, when you're watching Netflix and it's a rainy day like it is today, and mm, Netflix mm, asks, mm, are you still there? Always press next. Peace out.